If you ever want to unboil an egg, all you have to do is piss on it and spin it around really fast. Welcome to the Two Thirds Focused. I think we're all nearly focused today. Yep. My name is Rasmus. My name is Led. Sorry, I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you weren't focused. I was not. I was pretending to be. Now I am. And I'm Jan, and I am focused. Very nice. Very nice. Living up to the name still. That's good. Yeah. So how have you lads been doing the last week? Jan, you want Jan, to go first? I'm, I'm doing actually fantastic. No, I actually had a great week. Um, as always, lots of work, which is nice, though. I'm also home office, not traveling. That's it work-wise. Cool. Um, other than that, uh, fun things that happened. Uh, last weekend, we went to the city where there's an... Um, how do you call it? Like a winter, nah, it's more like an autumn uh, festival, a small one. Mm-hmm. Harvest is, festival? Or? Yeah, it's, you, could, you, you could call it harvest festing. It's called right. Esslinger Herbst, like um, Essling, like the, the city's name, Autumn, uh, mm. with like the stores are longer closed, which is like fantastic, especially because we are in the national news now because of the corona numbers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's yeah, it's, it's less than like, fun. Yeah, exactly. It's nothing you want to be in the news about. Uh, it's it's actually really bad. Uh, there weren't actually too many people either, but uh, it was still nice just like being a little bit outside because it was actually one of the nicer days. It was cold. It was a t- typical autumn day without rain, which was a Good. plus. No, but other than that, I am excited because I was in the workshop today. Nice. Ooh. Yeah, I. Uh, it's been a while. Oh, it, it, it's been months. I basically opened the door and I was just like, oh, yeah, I know why I skipped it, uh, escaped there like two months ago. I didn't clean. <laughs> so, so I was just like, ah, oh, shit. But um, a few months back, I bought a surgical light, the one that you find like at the dentist, where yeah. you can um, pull, from the, pull down from the ceiling, like one of those ceiling mounted ones. And I'm actually going to convert that to a camera stand. Nice. Mm. Yeah, because I want something like a camera boom to freely move because I don't have a lot of space to like put up a tripod. So I want something I can freely move and put in every angle. And um, medical booms or these these boom arms with the lights on them are like perfect for it. Are, are they are they like gas springs or are they mechanical springs to keep the tension of it? Depending on the age, this one has um, mechanical or I think it's gas supported. But right. they have actually screws where you can adjust it. And that's a great oh. thing because you can actually mount a base plate at the end. Um, there's two things that are fantastic about those. The, f- the first one is um, they swivel like uh, almost 360 degrees. Mm-hmm. They have a hard stop because of uh, this is the second cool thing, uh, an electrical wire going through. So mm-hmm. you can connect your 230 up there and it goes through the whole boom arm and comes out at the end where usually the light would connect. Nice. So you can put, um, uh, how do you call it, for uh, just the 230 or 110, wherever you live, you can basically route it through and plug in your camera. Extension cord. Yeah, but like a multiple with like multiple outlets. You can basically just wire it to the end and you, you can connect your monitor and everything like directly to 230 on the outlet. So adapter? Maybe that's the word. I mean, th- th- this is the weird thing. In Norwegian, we tend to call those toads, like the animal toad, for some weird reason. We just like, because yeah, the German name is Mehrfachsteckdose, which means like multiple power oh, yeah, outlet. Yeah, yeah, 
But that's boring. It's like an extension cord <laughs> web. You can connect like, oh, it, it, no, it's precise. It's precise, Rasmus. Fine. Bloody Germans. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I'm, I'm really excited for the project because if you take like a camera boom or anything for that made for cameras, it, it's insanely expensive. The, um, those medical booms, if they're actually being sold, if you can find them on eBay, you can sometimes get uh, deals for like less than a hundred bucks. And mm, those cool. gas springs are adjustable, so you can adjust it to the weight of your camera. And they stay in position really good. So they're just easy to move around because that's what they're made for. To, uh, during a surgery, put the light where you need it and keep it in that position. Just mm. replace the light and use it for the camera. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So this is something I'm really excited. So I took that apart today. Um, dismounted the first, like the complete front. There's a huge transformer in it, <laughs> I found out, um, for a halogen light. Yeah, so yeah. this is something separate I'm just going to play with. This is like the, the benefit on it. And the other is that like the whole housing was easy to disassemble and just completely take apart. But all nice. Yeah, everything else is just completely intact and works fine. So uh, I'm looking forward to make an adapter blade bracket to mount a camera too. Yeah, and that's that's, cool. that's going to be the upcoming project. Yep, that's really cool. Are you going to paint it? Are you going to add some features to it? Or are you going to use it the, the way it is? It's it's mainly going to be functional because I don't think you're going to see it in in any of the videos because the camera is mounted to it. I did mm -hmm. play with the mm -hmm. um, idea of using the, um, how do you call it, uh, portal. The emboss at portal. That oh, robot uh, that us. booms from the... Yeah. What do you mean? The cake we is a lie. Whitley? Whitley? I, th I think so, yeah. That's the second boss. Gladys is the boss or the villain of the first one. I th is it Gladys? Yeah. 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 I, I thought of making a board like 3D printing something or oh, 4D yeah. something and making that on the top. <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know yet. Maybe that's something that comes later. But yeah. uh, right now, I just want to get it working so I can continue making videos because I have a backlog of projects that is probably enough for the next two years. Mm-hmm. And the worst thing about it is uh, me being a prepper already bought all that shit for it. <laughs> so I have so much stuff for so many projects and I just have to start them. But yeah, this, this, this basically sums it up. So I'm just really excited about that. Sorry, went a little bit on a rant there. Cool, cool. Jan, it sounds like you almost need like another apocalypse to hit so that you have that free time to just be in the workshop and finish all your projects. Yeah, it's like like the second pandemic, just get the shit done. Yeah, no, thank yeah. you. Don't, don't need one of those again. <laughs> I just have to make time. Yeah, that's usually because sleep fast. Exactly. Uh, what I've done this week, uh, I've seen my doc um, about my ankle, who told me to basically uh, do some again. Yeah, again because it's, it's. Have you done this episode of the podcast already? Yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I, I I went to see him yesterday because my physiotherapist told me to uh, because he was worried that the pain wasn't going away. Uh, uh, <coughs> yet um, so he told me to see my dog and the dog was well no you're okay but we're gonna still do some x-rays to check if nothing is broken and then when it's um, sure uh, you can go for surgery and all that other stuff so um, happy with that uh, also spend a lot of time in the shop uh, and on my computer to work on my future videos. So uh, yeah, I released the, the laser video uh, yeah. and therefore I will be making another video about the laser engraver, but not engraving anything. 
I'm just going to make an enclosure for the laser uh, engraver because... Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, because of the fume, mainly. Um, oh, but burnt skin smells so lovely. Oh, yeah, it does. But it, uh, I, I don't plan on only burning leather. So uh, when you're burning uh, other stuff like plywood, there's a lot of chemicals and glue inside. Oh. So, uh, yeah, don't yeah. Want, yeah a, not, a not good. And you might not like to hear that, but with a laser, it doesn't matter what you burn. If it's leather or anything else, it's all inducing cancer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's all bad anyway. Mm. Yeah. So I'm, 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 when I'm using it here, I'm opening the window wearing a gas mask and, and everything. Yeah, that's a good um, thing to do. Yeah, but the, uh, I want to make it safer uh, by uh, making a plywood box to put it inside and mount a fume extraction system to the box so the fume can only go outside with a flexible pipe that i would put uh, through the window mm-hmm. um, so I'm, I'm working on that the plan is ready i'm waiting for a few parts to arrive tomorrow i believe um, <clears throat> so in order to buy the plywood i had to go to the wild store yesterday morning and the only uh, sheets of plywood they were selling were two and two meters and a half, and I don't have a car that long, so I had, and it pained me to say it. I had to ask the guy at the hardware store to cut the the sheet in half. Oh. That was painful to watch. Um, but anyway, that was the only solution to bring um, plywood um, at the house. So yeah, I had to do that. Working on. That uh, enclosure, um, it's going to be probably not my next video, but next one, uh, because the time that all the parts uh, arrive, uh, it will probably take at least a few more days. In the meantime, I'm working on leather stuff, uh, a video for YouTube, a new project, and uh, I started working on my um, gift for the treasure trade. Finally. Yeah. Um, I'm happy with the idea that I have. Uh, I mean, that's, it's a kind of ooh of me saying I have I I haven't even started yet. I, <laughs> I barely decided on the th- exact thing I want to try to make. Of uh-huh. course, of course, you haven't, Rasmus. It's only the middle of November. <laughs> I mean, I, I have plenty of time. Come exactly. on, yeah, you have you have you still have two well, when's weeks. When's deadline? Like yeah, two weeks from now. Twenty-two, I uh, believe. So yeah, you have. What's the day today? Today is the tenth, and I think they need to be shipped by twenty second. Yeah, that's that's right. So I mean, it's nearly two weeks. It's plenty of time. Yeah, plenty of times. You have you have twelve days, twelve days, and twelve nights. So that that's okay. It's like twenty four days. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's what I keep telling my, to myself because same thing. Uh, I started with a pretty simple idea and it got bigger and bigger. And and I really I will really have to work uh, seriously on it starting tomorrow because it's going to take uh, uh, more time than planned. I mean, I have I have one thing I want to try to make mm-hmm. and then fifteen backup ideas. So that's cool. That's cool. I have only one ideas and idea and that's my backup idea so i have to make it work on the first try otherwise uh it's gonna be i'm gonna be yeah. late 
My, my only problem is I want to make it look visually as insulting as possible, like dick and balls or something. <laughs> and I have no idea how to make that fit with everything else, but we'll see how it goes. I'm sure we'll figure I think, it yeah, out. That's, a bit, that's about as much of a teaser as I want to come with things. But, <laughs> give, yeah. But, yeah. So yeah, uh, that's what I did. Um, hardware store, projects, working, video plans, um, and, and, and yeah, and, and I'm happy so far for the week. What about you, Rice? What did you do? I I spent the weekend up at my dad uh, at Lesha, mm-hmm. to, uh, at his at the old mountain farm and all of that, playing with the dogs and and I built. You mean uh, those polar bears? Yes, yes. It's uh, it's fantastic to see. Like, long story short, um, they're great Pyrenees dogs. Like they are really intelligent. And they are, because of that, really difficult to train uh, because they know whether you have a treat for them or not. And they will only <laughs> give a shit if you don't, if you have a treat. <laughs> but if you have a treat, they'll really well behave. They will do everything. Like, uh, yeah, they will even give you a, like a salute if they knew how. Uh, <laughs> and, and for two treats, yeah. you can even put a saddle on them and ride them to battle. Oh, yeah, they're, they're nearly that size. I mean, they're... So it's a father and son, Turval and Brand. Turval being uh, the older one and the father, and named after the polar bear of a Christmas story that my dad wrote for us as, as kids some nice. ages back. Yeah. Uh, coincidentally, he tried to get them translated into Italian at some point. That never really worked out for some odd reason. I don't know why Italian, uh, but that's a thing apparently. Anyway. Um, the younger one, like, used to be super energetic, uh, and he's, he's a year old now, maybe 14 months or something. Uh-huh. I don't recall exactly. And he used to be super energetic and jumping and wanting to, like, bite everything. And now he's more like, he, he runs up and he jumps on you to say hello, and that's it. Now, <laughs> other than that, he's well-behaved. So, uh, but yeah, you know, um... I spent a week up there. I tried to get up and visit my dad every once in a while. It's from where I live now. It's nearly six hours driving. Wow. So it's a it's a bit of a stretch, but yeah. it's it's nice to get up there. It's nice to disconnect from everything down here, and just bring my computer and this work I can do with my computer, which is still plenty of things. Mm-hmm. But because my dad is a, a great supporter of child labor, uh, he always finds work for us when he comes to visit. <laughs> Uh, despite being nearly 30 uh, child labor is still the the name of the game you will still be his child for the rest of your life so that yeah that counts that counts yeah Yeah. Uh, but we we made uh, or we built some stone stairs that was leading up from the outside door for the basement and up towards the kitchen in the first floor Uh, which is great amount of fun because like I, I mean my, my dad is retired he has plenty of time on his hand and he gave him some a while back some uh, stone cutting tools uh-huh. so he's like carving and cutting some of these steps out and then he's rolling these steps like now square steps he's rolling them up the hill up to the to the stairs and then manhandling them and, like it's stones they're fairly big things and they're heavy yeah and then, of course, he asked me to help, and I was like, and he says, can you help, can you pick up those over there and move them there? And that's like one of the bigger ones, the longest distance. And he, I'll take these ones, which are closer, and get up there. And then I go, yeah, sure. And I pick it up, and I walk, and I put it down, and he's turned his rock over two times in that in the meantime. 
which makes him really pissed off, which means I have a great time. Um, <laughs> yeah. Elderly love. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, it's great fun. But apart from that, it's it's uh, ramping up for market this weekend, and I am trying to get all of the things done, to, to, to or as much of the things done as possible. And I, I would probably... I would like to have another week, but knowing myself, even if I had another week, I would still probably ask for yet another week. So yeah. that doesn't really solve anything. The only thing I've been uh, really stressed about is because of the meeting with the shop last week. Uh, I I was They bought all of the leaf hooks I had, so I need to make more of those. Mm-hmm. So I have 30 that I nearly finished today, and I finished up uh, a new mounting bracket and a mo- glass marble bearing for a weatherwane or a weather witch i think i mentioned it last time mm-hmm. i finished it up this time cool. sent picture of the client he was really happy so that's good nice nice and now i'm just sort of slightly panicking about all the things i would like to have done and have prototyped and made new products of for this market but yeah. alas that's that's not how, how it works all the time quick question um hmm? you don't have a, a, a power hammer uh no have you right now no no but i am the power hammer yeah i know but you you told me uh if i recall correctly you told me that you were uh planning maybe on buying one yeah and uh, and the, w- would that the, help for the the production that that you need to do oh, for yeah. the shops and the camera stuff oh, yeah absolutely yeah I, i so my question was uh are, are you giving up on the idea right now or are you still yeah. searching for one yeah yeah no i um The foundation of the shop I have currently does not work well with a power hammer. Okay, so for now it's uh, a no-go. Yeah, it's... Uh, for some reason, there's a hollow space. Like, there's a big concrete slab uh-huh. with steel girders going across it. But underneath that, there's a hollow space, like a basement of sorts. Oh, yeah, okay. Which, for for the only purpose it seems to have now is to collect water, which I don't get because yeah. it doesn't look like a building that's supposed to have water in the basement. Mm. Uh if any building is supposed to have water in the basement well only if it's a well i guess i guess uh but but i might i might consider getting a press at some point yeah um currently i don't have the money for it either but i really that's sort of if i want to get anything while still in this shop it's a press because it will it will still quicken up a lot of the work i need to do yeah but it will not harm the foundation or like crack up the concrete slab that is suspended in air yeah. in parts uh so yeah i might have a press but not a power hammer i think for a while okay you can ask gada because he he repurposed the machine and and made himself a, a, a forging press oh yeah this thing is freaking sweet <laughs> oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. uh the so. only difference of course is i don't already have the time to make my as myself one no, and i don't sure. have the time yeah. to figure it out so i would In also including the whole thing of guarantees and getting spare parts and all of that yeah i would probably be saving a lot of money by simply buying one yeah sure yeah. even though i don't have the money right now i have three more markets well this week there's two two day weekend market now uh-huh. then there's two single day markets after that yeah and mm-hmm. i was in the series of things i didn't do up at my dad's because i also like to procrastinate by playing hearthstone uh, <laughs> i should send out some marketing emails for christmas and remind people that hey if you want to buy things it is nice to buy them before the last week especially if you are international yeah so yeah 
yeah, things. I also need to plan out the courses for uh, spring or the, just after New Year's so that I can send out that marketing email before Christmas so that some people who want to buy gift cards actually can, instead of buying a gift card, they can actually book people right into a class, mm. which good. would be slightly better. But yeah, good thinking. I have my moments. No, no, that's that's a great idea. I'm, yeah. I'm learning here. That, that's <laughs> you, good. That's good. You don't have moments, you have notions. Oh, yeah, yeah, I guess, I guess. That's Sorry a good one. Your brain. Uh, so this week's topics, this week's topics, this this week's topic, this week's topics, words and things. Uh, <laughs> one, one, one of those. The things and words and thingies and doohickeys. Yes, exactly. So about specialization, and I think that's yes, something... I, I have a lot of thoughts about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not just and, you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm just sort of trying to figure out if there's a right way to grasp it initially. Uh, but I think I'll just end up rambling for too long. And I already have been rambling. So why don't one of you lads start off? And because I think one of you, was it Jan who pulled this one out of the hat today? Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. And I'm already then, like waving. <laughs> yeah, yeah, then fire away, fire away. Because, Sorry. Yeah, no, like you said, I have many thoughts about it. Um, I actually really like that. Like um, what were we talking about or cutting down as like specialization is for insects, which I thought is hilarious and also um, shockingly true. Um, I see specialization as a necessary evil. It's something okay. if you do something for a work, which is helpful if you're specialized because mm. it gives you an edge or hopefully a knowledge um, that surpasses competition or um, other ones or is heavily relied on. It's something in my private time what I hate, though. Mm-hmm. I'm more a generalist, like I want to have fun discovering things, learning new things, and you can learn new things while concentrate on something or uh, basically specializing in something there's a lot of stuff you can learn there but it's um, a narrow field in most cases yeah this is at least how i would put it and i think one of us and like you said with insects there's for example like bees you have the workers you have the i don't know soldiers at least with ants so you have different like jobs or classes which is like for us jobs but they don't have free time and we as human Mm. beings do have free time sometimes 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 Sometimes. yeah we pretend to have free time i don't know how you guys are but i work to live and not live to work like i i try to basically earn my money so i can do more of the stuff i actually well i wanted to say that i actually want to do but this is not true because i like my job i like doing my job but this is something if you have a job you need hobbies yeah that's why i always said when you have hobbies when you make your hobby your job then you have to find a new hobby yes right or else you just go down a road where you're concentrating yourself too much on something and you don't you like the free time and you get rusty and you don't have the time to how do you say it you get stuck in your ways basically yeah i feel like getting old would be something but that puts it kind of like on a negative twist i I think that you 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 always need something to do that you only do for fun yes because like well i really really enjoy my job 
and I I think I'm very much in the camp of I live to work because I really really enjoy my job. Mm-hmm. I even if I suddenly had all the money I needed for the rest of my life, I would still go out in the workshop and make things. Yes. I probably wouldn't have this level of stress and I probably would just be doing a lot of weird things instead of production work. Yeah. But I would still go out and make things and hit metal with a hammer. Mm-hmm. But I also have hobbies. I still play video games and I would like to make more YouTube videos and I read a lot and all of those things. So yeah. there's that mental focus shift that or I think balance. is really that's no, why I don't, have, I don't have balance really. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I really feel sorry about all the young people that their goal in life is to be a professional uh, video game player because when they achieve that hmm. goal the, the joy and the pleasure of playing video game is just gone because it becomes their job and so all the stress and the discipline that it requires t- for it to be that job is, is, is comes too and and I believe that the the pleasure that you take at uh, with your hobbies uh, is something very valuable that you you should hang on to and and I'm, I'm not sure you're all the way correct there. Uh, if if you think of, for example, PewDiePie, he got really, really big playing a certain set of very specific games. Yeah, but on YouTube. Yeah, yeah no, but, no, but here's the thing. I I think he still plays games for fun, or he did, uh, next to playing them for money. Uh-huh. But he would play other games that he weren't popular as playing. Yeah, with yeah. Rasmus, you ch- this is you're generalizing too much because what you're forgetting is um yeah he's maybe playing different games but he is playing games and his hobby is not actually playing games but it's streaming it's oh, yeah, youtube yeah, videos yeah, so means, his means. job is youtube so this is the focus is on youtube everything he does has to have an entertainment value for the people he's trying to entertain hmm yeah, okay, that, that's, a, that's a fair point. So it's, it's a business model. So in that case, mm. as the gaming actually gets like the backseat because he has to, whatever he does, needs to entertain. Yeah, I was more thinking about my, my uh, students in, in, in college um, mm-hmm. who got um, into learning Japanese or being interested in Japan because of the video game and wanted to learn Japanese in order to become a video game tester. And, mm. and when you do that, it's like it's a nine to five. You play video game all day, but you have to write reports about the game, about the bugs, about what's good, what's not good. So it's not all pleasure of playing video games. You have the boring oh, yeah. part of the job as well. Um, so yeah, that that's something I wouldn't like to do. No, unfortunately, I was I was lucky enough to to teach, and teaching was a great joy as well. The, mm-hmm. the joy of sharing knowledge and to make people click and understand stuff uh, and same thing for me now being being self-employed in the workshop like what I do with leather or steel or anything else um, I, I enjoy doing it uh, of course it requires um, all the disciplines to get up in the morning uh, work on on the plants or or in the on the patterns and 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 film it and make a video and then sell and everything that you've said um, Raz about uh, sending emails and and planning on markets and stuff like that uh, it's on it's not all 
about the joy of making stuff, spending all your day in the workshop making stuff when it's an, a hobby. Uh, mm. it, it, it's a different aspect of that, but there is still the pleasure of doing it, which is uh, way better than working in a factory eight hours a day, for sure. But but you, I, I guess we can say that you have almost made a career out of not being a specialist, but being very skilled in a few specific things. Yeah, I personally, I, I, I totally agree with the fact that uh, speci specialization is for insects. Um, I, I don't claim to be uh, a master leather worker uh, mm. or a professional blacksmith. I'm none of those. I'm, I'm a maker. I, I make stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes it's with metal, sometimes it's with wood, but rarely now because wood is freaking expensive nowadays. Um, sometimes in the forge and mostly uh, with leather because that's one of the materials that I enjoy the most working with and making cool stuff that I like or wanted uh, as a child like leather armor or mm. whatever it is. Uh, it's it's the kind of world that, that I like, the video game worlds and, and the props and the fantasy, all, all that, that, that kind of stuff I really enjoy. So um, I like to work with different materials because I don't think that being um, specialized in only one thing is something that I would enjoy. I, I totally understand why people do it. And I've mm -hmm. lived long enough in Japan to know that recognition uh, came from your specialization most of the time. Um, we, we've talked about the 10,000 hours that you have to have in a specific field to be recognized as a master yeah. or as a professional. Yeah. Um, and there is also this, this uh, sentence that people tend to, to repeat without really understanding it. Uh, it's been discussed in, in, in a lot of podcasts like Jack of, all, Jack of All Trades, Master of None. Mm -hmm. And all the people who discussed it in podcast added the end of the, the saying, which actually is yes, yes. often mm -hmm. better than, than a Master of One. So specialization for me is is good when it comes to work, when you for your professional life um, to get exactly. recognition, to get... Um, the approval of people, oh, he's really good at that. So that's what, why I'm going to uh, hire him or her. I'm, I'm going to pay him or her to do a specific job because I know that what he can bring in that field adds value to the product or what he's making with his hand is actually really good. But to me, that's so boring. Um, I want to do all the things in the world. I want to <laughs> know all the materials. I want to know all the techniques and, and earn all the own, sorry, not earn, own all the skills. I want to be able to work with leather, wood, uh, resin, metal, and, and know how everything works. Lasers and electronics. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, electronics maybe at some point. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm interested in it, but I, I don't know nothing about it. And um, that, that's that's part of my of my point here is that um, the pleasure that I take learning, solving problems. Makers are, are problem solvers, so 
the, the pleasure that you take at learning a new skill, at solving a problem, at um, spending the time to, to learn new stuff, own new skills is completely part of the process for me. So if I get one day to a point that leatherworking or forging or metalworking or whatever becomes so natural because it's so deep into my uh, earned or owned skills, um, it would get a little bit boring if there is no challenge or if there is no, okay, now I need to learn a bit more to be able to do the current project or the next project. Being just yeah. resting on, on what you know or what you are used to, uh, that's for me the definition of specialization. At some point, you, you own your field. You, you know everything about it. You are specialized, but you're becoming an ant or a bee and you are only good at one thing. And, and that, that's just not for me, I guess. Do, do you think, though, the let's say that you are f not not afraid but the, the reason you don't want to specialize is maybe just because you haven't found the right thing yet you want to be specialist in no no i i think i found it i think that the the two things that brings me uh the more the uh, joy pleasure or satisfaction is leatherworking and forging that's the two main things mm -hmm. uh, when i finish a, a project with leather or it's a flat dead animal <laughs> and and <laughs> when you can use that to make a, a beautiful bag or a piece of armor or a set of armor or uh, a wallet for someone to use for hopefully 10 years or 15 years or maybe the rest of his life i i really enjoyed this idea and same thing I, when i was a kid um i was seeing uh, still like the unbreakable stuff, the, the thing that will go through ages, generations, centuries. Mm -hmm. And by eat, hitting it, you can bend it, you can twist it, yeah. you can shape it, and it, became, it becomes an object that you can use in, in life. It's like for real magic. So yeah. these two fields are for me the most enjoyable ones. But again, um, I think it, it, it goes by pair. I mean, I don't see myself forging a knife or making a knife or and not making a leather sheath for it afterwards. Mm -hmm. uh, the two are combined in my mind or in my uh, way of singing, seeing yeah. things. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's very complimentary uh, and, and I, I, I would I totally understand that uh, when you are a professional, you're only working with wood or metal or leather because you can you, you can learn all you have to learn or know about a specific um, process uh, or field. But when it comes to it, it I, I don't see me, I don't see myself enjoying doing that for the rest of my life. Um, just a quick example of, of story. Uh, then I will shut up. Um, <laughs> no, no, keep, keep going. That makes our job easier. <laughs> um, uh, uh, Plus, I already said everything I wanted to say. So <laughs> it's all I'm going so off sorry, of Rasmus. It's all going off of Rasmus time. It's absolutely fine. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's a subject close to my heart. 
Um, yeah, yeah. A, a few months ago, um, some somebody told me that uh, they were hiring in in my area, um, and they because they were opening a factory, a leather working factory. So they needed people to work in that factory to make bags for a mm. big oh, famous fun. brand. And that was my answer. No, fuck no. I don't want to go there because if I go there, I'm paid. I will go eight hours a day. I will only stitch the same part of the same bag for the rest of my life. No. That's not what I do. That's not leatherworking for me. That's and, and you wouldn't. They would fire you, Red. I, yeah, I know you. Sure. If it would be like a Louis Vuitton, <laughs> like if that would be like a Louis Vuitton factory, you would see Red sitting in there with like a childish smile and instead of LV, like he would steal the phone, but it would be <laughs> RS. <laughs> Just like everything yeah. coming up. <laughs> There's something wrong with that bag. <laughs> that was the, 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 the brand in uh, opening the factory. So no, I it wouldn't was? go. Yeah, it was. Oh, okay. Um, so no, no, no. I, <laughs> oh, that's good. I, I won't go because it, it's it's a whole process from A to Z. I want to take the raw material and I want to finish my my product. That's what I want to do. Mm -hmm. But that that opens up the question, though. So, how deep do you have to go into into the weeds of something before you actually become a specialist instead of a generalist? That's a really good question. I don't have the answer so, to that. My thinking is I would probably rather kill myself than to be only a nail smith. Only yeah. forging nails. Yeah. I, I, that, that would probably kill my soul mm -hmm. right away. And then my body. Well, 300, 300 years ago, you would have made a career out of it and would, you would have become very rich. But you would and, go and Even today, insane. I could probably make a really good living by specializing in forging nails. Yeah. Even today, I'm fairly... So I, I had a conversation with someone at the market uh, last year where they needed 8,000 nails. And I said, fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like, well, first of all, I don't have a power hammer, so I can't actually do that job in a, a timely manner. Yeah. The other part is I don't want that kind of repetitive work. Yeah, sure. Yeah, maybe yeah. I could do that if I'm allowed to spend five years on it or something. And I could churn out some thousand nails every other month uh, but it's, that's a really good point though um we, like you said you don't have the tools for it um i think specialization is more about basically doing it like specializing in doing a certain task and it doesn't you don't have to be good at it it's just something you you said you like focus on like this is basically like i said it's like well from tomorrow on i'm going to specialize in shoemaking that doesn't mean mm. i'm good at it but I might be in two or three years if I stick to it and continue doing it. Yeah, yeah. But my point was more, uh, I cons when it comes to trades and all of that, mm -hmm. I consider myself a blacksmith first. Yes. Yeah. I have no plans of stepping outside of blacksmithing for a long period of time. I want, I've been, I'm fairly certain already that I will probably be doing blacksmithing for as long as my body will allow it. Mm. Mm -hmm. Probably after I'm dead as well, because I, I, the ghost stories would be really fun because there's not <laughs> enough blacksmith in them. Uh, but like uh, within blacksmithing, there used to be 130 registered specializations by the Guild of Blacksmiths in Oslo in mid 1800s. In other words, I can spend a lifetime just trying to learn a couple of these different specializations and become really good at them. Yeah. Currently, I don't consider myself a good blacksmith. Because I don't have 
a wide enough range of experience to be good in general. That's something you probably don't want to tell the people you teach. <laughs> no, but here's the thing. I'm really, really good at specific things in blacksmithing, mm -hmm. especially forging without the power hammer and making things that are fairly easy to sell at markets. Mm -hmm. But I'm not good at making gates and railings and furniture because that's too big. I haven't experience in doing a lot of that. Some of those things I've only done once off. That that's also something that you would have to to be um, willing to try, willing oh, yeah. to sell, and willing to work on for a very long period of time in order to be very good at it and and to make money start, uh, out of it. So hmm. that that's already specialization when you are uh, choosing what you're gonna make uh, in a specific specific field. Um, for example, for me, I I don't do bags, leather bags. Yeah. Um, I've 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 made a couple, one for my wife, one for a friend, and that's it. I find it, um, yeah, it's satisfying when you when the the bag is done and you see people happy, but it's it's kind of boring to me because there is no. I'm not excited by the project. Yeah, uh, it's it's to to me making a bag is cutting pieces of leather, sewing them together, adding some hardware, and you're done. Mm -hmm. Which is great when people do it perfectly. So is it the fact that it's sort of missing artistic flair for you? I I believe that people who who makes um, people who make leather bag can be really good, and it can be a piece of art. Uh, in itself, I've seen mm -hmm. uh, a guy. Uh, I it was probably on Instagram or YouTube. I don't recall, but he made a leather bag, and it it's it's twisting, so it's a spiral, and it's insane. Oh. It's absolutely beautiful. Uh, so it's it. There is this. Um, I think we need to post a picture of that I, or I, a link to. I, that. I will I will <laughs> search it for you guys. And, and I'm saying that because I need. To see that yeah yeah, yeah I, I, I will I, I will find it uh, <laughs> it's good, absolutely good. beautiful there is this uh, craftsmanship involved there is this artistic sense involved there is the all the the, the hours I, I believe I, I think he spent hours just thinking about the project and how to make it real so all of this is really exciting when it's well made but just making a, a, a small bag uh, is is not really um, exciting to me. I totally understand why people do it and do it for a living or do it for their friends or themselves. But to me, that's not the most exciting project that I can work on because it's just not what uh, brought me into leatherworking. Um, yeah. I, w I would happily make one for a friend or, or if I was sure to sell... Uh, some bags on Instagram or through my website, I would make them to make money and to pay the bills for sure. But when it comes to just enjoying myself working with leather, that's not a project I would go for, if yeah. that makes sense. I'm, I'm, I might be being too pedantic here, but I'm curious, is this more of a thing of the lacking artistic freedom in making bags? Or is it a matter of being a little bit afraid of parts of the process? Or is it or is it simply 
something else entirely. Um, I, I, I believe it's something else. I'm not afraid of the process because um, it, it, making yeah. a bag is not that complicated, to be honest, when it comes to leatherworking. It's, yeah. not, it's not that complicated. It's May not easy either. Right? Sorry? May I take a guess? I think it, for you, it's more about the story. If the bag would be part of a medieval armor, yeah. like a backpack, yeah. then Ooh. the story would be there and then it would <laughs> yeah. be something yeah. you would be excited for. But Absolutely. I think just the bag itself for being a bag would probably, it's not that interesting. I think there's two things. I think um, f for one, um, I'm maybe too humble uh, because I see people on, on, on the social making bags. You're French, you're not too humble. No, yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I'm, 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 I'm one third Japanese, one third French and one third something else, I've been told. So it all depends on the <laughs> one, one, one third left. Um, yeah, yep. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I've seen people do such make such wonderful bags that um, a part of me is, is like, I don't have that kind of skills or patience or artistic sense to make uh, a, a leather bag that's worth it, worth buying. Um, so there is that, that that little part of me which which is um, call it humility, humility or, or whatever it is. But um, that I, I I just think that's not in my alley. I, I would rather, as you said, Jan, spend a whole week making a backpack looking like a shield for my son, or uh, um, I've started one that I still intend to finish one day um which is oh please tell me it's a bear's armor no it's it's not a mm. no it's not an armor it's a backpack looking like an animal um and and it's partly done it's behind this shelf behind me uh and and they i stopped because it was almost done but i had to figure out the way to close it because it's a specific oh. shape and I had to, uh, yeah, it was complicated. So Sounds interesting. Yeah, I, I will tell you guys what it is, but I can't really yeah, write you it have to now. because <laughs> it might happen on my YouTube okay, channel one okay. day. Yeah. Um, so I had to stop to, to figure out the system to do it and then life happened and I got caught up in other stuff. But um, I've seen people do so many cool stuff that, yeah, I, I would prefer... Um, do something completely different, something that I, I, I've never seen before that might be not as good as what I've seen on the social, but more original, more, um, when you look at it, you don't, you don't, you can't think, oh yeah, it's, it's easy to make. It's a, just a, another leather bag stitched with no, a machine specialized <laughs> yeah um well it, it's, it's all about the story yeah yeah, yeah it's I about the story it's about the look of it about the feel that you have when when you look at it and when you make it i mean seeing my kid with this zelda backpack uh, looking like a shield was just like mm. damn i made that yeah and the bag is cool too sorry does he use it for to school no no i i i he wanted uh, I said no, because I, I didn't want that my kid be that kid in school, you know, the one with the the laser backpack looking like a shield because... He's, What's he, wrong with that? Exactly. 
it's France, and and he could be bothered by other kids. Uh, oh, what? Because he's a gamer? No, throw on your fortune, make him a real steel sword, and like add that yeah. to the mix. It's on the <laughs> list. It's it's on the list. Um, <laughs> uh, no, I, I I don't know. I don't. I, uh, two things. I I I think that uh, other children in school wouldn't have the respect uh, towards the bag itself, so they could yes. scratch it or or destroy it yeah. uh, in some way, and that would make my kids sad, and I didn't want to risk that. Uh, and also maybe some jealousy uh, from other child, like, oh, you have a cool backpack, I don't, so therefore I don't like you, because you have something cooler than what I have. Mm. So yeah, I just wanted the kid to be like normal and, and, and him to play with it. Yeah, uh, fair enough. So, but it's pro just probably me and my, my weird thinking, so. But I mean, he's picked up fencing, hasn't he? Yeah. He is. So, I mean, give him a stick and he'll be able to defend himself in a couple of months. Yeah, and he's also learning judo uh, every week. Ooh. So, and and basically, my son, Hero, is Link in Zelda. So, he wants to learn all the things, all the things that Link can do. So, archery, fencing, uh, close combat, swimming, uh, horse riding, everything. So, Hitting his okay. friends with a branch until it breaks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs> I, uh, your kid probably t still is a bit too young. There's a book series. About that? About, about, no, yes, sort of. Uh, like sort of a kid's James Bond. Oh. Alex Ryder. Oh. Series, starting with Stormbreak. Return to the movie. Oh. Uh, I think he's supposed to be 14 or something in the first book. And he has a lot of crazy adventures. Okay, cool. I think I read nearly all of them. I don't recall the books as being particularly excellently written. Uh -huh. But as a teenager, they were really, really entertaining to read. Okay, great. So give him a couple of years. He might really enjoy that because well, he sounds like he's on the path of acquiring all the skills of Alex Ryder. He is. Book. He is. Uh, he's only seven. And he has practiced horse riding for two years, uh, fencing for two years, judo for two years. And when he will be 13, he will kick my ass. So looking yeah, forward and he's, to it. He's, <laughs> <laughs> and he's already freakishly tall for his age. Well, not freakishly is the wrong word, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is, he's, he's quite tall for his age. So at certain, when he yeah, he's 13. He will be probably taller than 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 me, and and will kick my ass. So, <laughs> yeah, really looking forward to it. Yeah, nice. So he's he's so well, but he so he is not specializing. That's no, and that's my point. And uh, now now I think about it, I was the same when I was a kid. Um, mm. I had I was lucky enough, and and my parents made um, sure of it, and a lot of sacrifices like we are doing with my wife for the kid. Uh, I was able to do a lot of different sports and activities uh, besides schools, besides school. So I, I practiced golf for a long time, snowboard every winter and ski, uh, wrestling, uh, archery. Um, and then I got into martial arts like kendo, kenjutsu, uh, yaido and batodo. So I had old and also learned how to play the guitar when I, when I was younger. So I had sorry I, sorry, batodo. What's ba that? Batodo is the martial art uh, of uh, drawing your sword, cutting something for real, and oh. and putting your sword back into the sheath. 
Oh yeah, yeah, I saw that. So, so sort of actual katana training. It's actual. Uh, there is a term uh, in in Japanese which is tameshi giri. So giri is to cut something. Tameshi uh, comes mm. from the verb to test. So tameshi giri is a test cut, a real test cut. Uh, but the, oh. the martial art of doing that is called battodo. So you draw mm. your sword, you cut something, usually a, a, a mat uh, made out of um, rice hay, um, wet uh, rice hay. Oh. And when it's done, you just put your um, katana back into the... Sheath. And then you get points for the angle and the straw, the way it's cut and all of that. I, I believe I saw that once. Maybe a modern version of it. You yeah. you don't get points, but yeah, that's how uh, you estimate the quality of your cut by the angle. If the angle is absolutely perfect, there is no curve in it. Oh yeah, mm. and I forgot I forgot how young Rasmus is. So Rasmus is basically fruit ninja. <laughs> oh right, yes. Thank you for explaining to me. <laughs> should, I, should, I, should I pick down the couple of katanas I have up on the thingy stairs? Yes, please. Yes, please. But after the show, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I've, I've made a video a long time ago when I was making a Tamishigiri stand, and at the end, oh, yeah, I, yeah. I did a test test cut. Uh, it was probably three or four years ago. So that that's what Batodo is, and and. Kendo, you are fighting against someone uh, with a full set of armor. Yeah. Uh, Iaido, you are just, it's just, it looks like kata. It's kata. Mm. In fact, you are just practicing yourself uh, with a fake sword, but with the real weight of the sword. Uh, so it, you have the right feelings. And Kenjutsu is practice. It's only kata practiced with someone with an armor and with a boken, so um, a wooden, wooden uh, katana, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So basically, all the things around a katana hmm. uh, are these four martial. Cool. So yeah, I, my <laughs> point was uh, that I did a lot of stuff and I really enjoyed it. And making on, doing only one activity would have been very boring for me. Probably my mind is is probably going fast and I can't stay in place and I have to uh, be busy and and do stuff. Um, so that's probably the reason why I, I did so many things and, and want to keep it that way even now, making so many things. Only today, I spent half of the day in the workshop doing leather stuff and the other half of the day in the workshop downstairs working on my uh, wooden enclosure for the leather engraver. So woodworking as well. So um, yeah, one is one is boring, but it also deserves, deserves me um, as I as I told before, and I now realize that I'm the only one talking today, so I'm sorry for that. No, no, that's fine. <laughs> um, living in Japan told me one thing: that people will, when you are a craftsman in Japan, you will be known for your art after ten or twenty years. But it has to be the same thing that you do over and over and over again for twenty years. So that's. That specialization, even if you're, it doesn't make you happy to do the same thing, and Japanese craftsmen will always tell you that they are super happy and they're really enjoying their work because they are uh, enjoying the result more than the process or as much as the process. Or they are brainwashed. Um, or they are brainwashed too. Or they lie to themselves because they couldn't bear the thought about <laughs> actually... Yeah, the, yeah. Maybe that about. too, maybe that yeah. too. Um, but but the the public the the general people are, are um, oh that guy is really good he's been doing that for twenty years. But, uh, so, sorry, uh, uh, 
just to clarify, when you say that they are doing or getting famous for doing the same thing, are you mm-hmm. talking the same craft or making the exact same objects for Both. a lifetime? Both. Yeah. Both. Yeah. Okay. So, it, but are they considered to be differently uh, hold, held in different regard? I think is the right way of phrasing it. Mm, I mean, I, I I don't know. But I, I think we shared around some videos a while back of this master scissor maker in Japan. Yeah. Who was spending a year forging one pair of scissors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just to get like, that one perfect pair of scissors. Oh, I saw yeah. that one. Yeah. And uh, I really, really admire that dedication and that mentality of going to work at it like that. Mm. Uh, maybe even more so, I admire his uh, his attitude towards it and that that's his way of business Mm. like every single year he's supposed to make like one perfect pair of scissors now he probably makes a couple of hundreds through the through that year but it's Mm. like the goal is that one perfect one yeah it's the same thing when when it comes to uh katana making there is one one guy will forge the blade Mm. another guy will polish the blade uh, another guy will engrave the blade. Another guy will make the sheath for the blade, and the last guy will sharpen the blade. So there is six or seven people involved in the whole process. It's like a medieval construction line. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and to me, if one day I I start making my my katana, the one that I'm dreaming of making since I'm I'm a child, uh, it will be like in in Highlander. I will make it f- from start to finish. Yeah. All the steps, all the skills. I want them. I want to know them. I want to do the whole process. I will be very frustrated the, uh, uh, by doing only part of the process, even though I would also be super proud of being part of a team doing a, a super good job as a team. <laughs> See what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, like... The Japanese have sort of kept that, like Jan said, they kept that medieval, uh, not not in the backwards sense, but in the time era sense, the medieval mm-hmm. way of manufacturing, where yeah. you would have someone who did all the forging, then someone who did all of the sharpening, then someone who put a handle on it, then someone who made a scabbard, then someone who made a belt. Yeah, yeah, and the, uh, craftsmanship. I, I see cr- European craftsmanship differently. I see a, cra- a French craftsman craftsman would be able to make a knife from start to finish, all the steps. Yeah. So it's a different um, way of seeing things uh, in Japan, probably about craftsmanship. But that's also the way that people uh, um, created the the modern industry, like tailorization is one guy making one step of the whole process. And because because he's only doing that, because he's specialized, special, no, damn it. Because he's specialized in this only one task, simple task, and being part of a bigger process, the process can be very efficient, can be done very quickly and, mm. and cost less. But they are going away from that. Yeah. When even even back when I was um, still working at company, like I went through every single position, like on the assembly line, mm-hmm. from basically bolting the frame together to uh, aligning the rack and rail system for the the, the, or the pinions, over to at the end the startup, like the electronics for it, the adjustment of the laser. So I went through every single. There were like twenty steps 
on that construction line. Mm. And I did every single one because for them it was important to see to and to grasp how the machine is working. Yeah. That's but yes, there, there were people after that that kind of picked one of the things they liked and tried to stay in that team. So that yeah. was just in the beginning. Yeah. But I'm the same. Like, I, I would love to, this this one of, but I would like to specialize in generalization. Like you said, if I make a knife, I want to do the hilt. I want to do the guard. I want to do the knife itself. Not just taking it as an example. I'm not really that big into like knife making itself, but um, taking a piece of armor, like the leather straps, the um, sewing, the fabric for it, the adding the iron uh, buckles, like making the buckles myself. Mm. They don't have to be perfect but i want to be able to do everything on it by myself yeah mm-hmm. i i i think there's a couple of reasons why things have changed but per- personally i much more prefer to have a general knowledge about as many different things as possible mm-hmm. even if that knowledge is really superficial if it's just enough that it allows me to ask the right questions then it's way better than having no knowledge at all. Agreed. Uh, but I think, like, for example, I think why in Japan that way of making katanas have worked so well is because there's so many rules on to how a katana should be. Mm-hmm. So the different people doing different jobs doesn't need to communicate that much because they know what to expect from mm. the, the the one previous to them and the one coming after them in the, yeah. in the line. Then... But today, when uh, maybe uh, for us as makers, we don't have that production line. We don't. We probably don't even know the specific rules of making something. So now you're distracting me by sending me a two-minute bar. But but like uh, if if you like just come into the workshop and saying and have the mental idea of I want to make a knife that's it like you don't have the specifications of oh it needs to be the relationship between the width and the thickness and the length of the knife should be exactly this for this purpose you might not Mm. have that knowledge so giving this on to someone else who has a different concept of what the knife should have been like makes that production line difficult if you on the other hand have a good general knowledge of the whole line of it even down to how different people prefer to use a knife then you can make specialized knives for eight different people mm-hmm. or just one that are tailored to a specific group of people uh, or are more aligned with the most of them and but you, you see where i'm going where yeah having a generalized set of knowledge about the vast different things makes it a lot easier to make things for that group of people yeah whereas if you only know this one thing then you can only make that one thing and the world as far as i see it they they only need a certain number of like scalpel makers mm-hmm. but they need a lot of people who can make a lot of different scissors and knives and other yeah. cutting implements plus when it's your job um having a general knowledge of all the steps of all your field gives you more option when a client comes to you and say, oh, could you make that for me? Yeah, yeah. Even if you have never made that said seeing, you can relate to everything that you've made in the past, see that 
it, what it would involve in the process and you can grab this from this project and that from that other project put them together to obtain the result that the client wants. Yeah. Whereas yeah. if you are specialized specialized in, in only one thing, you could say, oh, no, that's not what I'm doing. So I'm sorry, I, I, I would have to refuse the project. Or, or even if I can take it a little bit further, just to say that, uh, to quote uh, a couple of things that Jeff Fader of Fader Knives used to say on his podcast, uh, The Full Blast, he he used to work as a, as a cook. I don't think he worked as a chef, but I might be wrong. Um, he worked in a kitchen. He made a lot of food stuff. Now he is really, really good at making knives, especially kitchen knives. So he has mm-hmm. people coming to him and asking for a knife, and he can have the conversation about what kind of food are you going to cook? And also people who say, oh, they want a, like a knife that is X centimeters long. And he can just say, no, no, that's stupid. It's it will be too heavy and you will only need something that is I think he tends to send like twenty centimeters long. Mm-hmm. And some people ask for thirty, thirty five centimeters long knife and it's like, no, I I don't want to make that for you. That's a sushi knife. Uh, uh, yeah, and you have like the the the, the sword like things, they part of tuna ship. For tuna tunas, fi- yeah. yeah, that that's that's a real sword. That's not oh, yeah. a s- knife anymore. Yeah, but, but that, it's, and, and, it's so long. But like, like that's that's a knife specifically made for a specific purpose. Yeah, to part absolutely. up and yeah. divide a really large fish. If yeah. you're doing only home cooking and you're not even parting up your own chicken, then yeah, some so, some that. kind of knives are just out of the question because you will never use those features mm. and they will limit you in other ways. No, so he is a good enough in both of these fields of both cooking and knife making to have the conversation with people and say no uh, to what you're describing the knife you want is not what you need and what you actually want like it's sort of, not the knife you're looking for yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and and sort of that's where my mentality of it in line aligns a lot with his in the sense that i don't want to be an expert in many things but i want to have enough knowledge to actually tell people that know what you're saying is stupid and here's the reasons why and not just say Mm -hmm. i don't want to do it because i have no idea what i'm doing i want to know people who can help me do things or to ask them for help uh, in figuring out all of these things but Mm -hmm. to have the basic knowledge sort of by myself makes it so that i can ask the right questions like the way that came in now is like well there's so many different ways of solving the problem of reducing friction so it will spin Previously, there was a ball bearing or two ball bearings in it. Water got in, it all rusted to hell. So mm-hmm. it ceased up. Well, okay, it will be in the same area. It will probably be there and exposed to the same kind of weather. Uh, hopefully, it will last as long as the last set did. But maybe it will even... Uh, but it should last longer because I should be able to do the research and figure out what to do better. The simplest and easiest way of making it that I figured out and heard about was using a marble glass marble as a bearing at the bottom having a pipe that is crimped to fit as tight as possible but allowing it to spin freely Mm -hmm. and that's it there's one moving Mm -hmm. part if if something starts to wear out we can like shrink the tube back in we can cut off the bit of the tube because like different parts gets worn unevenly so you can tighten things up it should last a long while yeah Different questions mm-hmm. I had was, there's a lot of weather out there. Is there any chance of this thing being actually lifted by the wind and carried out of the holder? And doing some actual thinking about it? Probably not, because 
if if it stood there the way it did for X number of years and I make things with the same dimensions, it should last at least as long. Sure. So thinking. One last question yeah. for Jan. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that you work a lot with resin and, and that you enjoy it most of the time. Uh, but yes. I, 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 do you see yourself as specialized in resin or oh, do you see no. yourself no <laughs> right no it's it's for me just another tool i'm i think i said before it's like uh, i love the idea of casting stuff into resin because it's kind of building a protective layer around it yeah or allows you because you can actually look at something but people are not able to touch it anymore mm-hmm. and there's just a lot of it's versatile you can make a lot of stuff with it but for me it's just another tool as uh, wood metal the other ones no. the reason i work a lot with resin for me is because it's accessible for me yeah. i don't need a lot of space it's in a liquid form i can pour it and then basically after that i can turn it or saw it polish it the way i want it um and I do not have enough equipment to do a lot of blacksmithing. This is why I only do like really small projects for other yeah. projects usually. Yeah. Uh, but it's not that something I prefer it. I prefer resin over other substances. It's just basically I have an idea in mind and I take that whatever I need for it to to accomplish that. Okay. I, w- I was just asking because the, um, I was trying to see if your answer was yes mm-hmm. i would like to know what makes you say that you are specialized in, in something like andy berkey is doing a lot of different stuff but to me is is an amazing woodworker true. Uh, uh, um, and yes. and that's that's what he's good at or wonderful at or specialized in even if he does other stuff uh, for most, I think, for pleasure or just just as a mm. hobby. Yeah. Or I'm gonna say that much. I might contradict myself a little bit about it, but because uh, in a lot of projects I have used resin, mm-hmm. I have a certain amount of knowledge. I learned a lot from working with it, more than I did with wood, mm-hmm. and maybe even a little bit more than I did with metal. Mm. Not as much as with electronics, though. But this is basically because I learned it in my job. Uh, but it is there's a certain practice like I probably have with my projects the most practice with resin compared to like being wood or smithing. So like woodworking. When a new project arrives, mm-hmm. you have to do something. You have to make something. You have the idea of making a new project. B- knowing more about resin than metal or wood, would it make you choose resin for the new project more no, easily? No, the opposite. I would do something else because I want to learn something new. Okay, good. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, because there I'm in the habit of, because I know metal so well, mm-hmm. my int- intuition, and because I have the tools for it, my intuition yeah. is to, well, can I solve this by forging or hitting it with a hammer? Yeah. Like, like, can, <laughs> yeah. Like, can I use metal in this project? And will that, and, but often enough, my thought isn't even, is this the best way of doing it? It's more, can I, I wonder ju- what's gonna happen mm-hmm. yeah no it's it's more like uh no i the thought never crosses me that is battle the best work best job uh, best material for this job it's more like i only have metal i only know how to use metal mm-hmm. so how mm-hmm. can i make this with metal sometimes of course i know that no i should use wood for this 
or yeah. uh, like making a table like making a i would think i actually did consider making myself a new desk and having a just a steel tabletop for it mm-hmm. and then i realized that no that will probably be really really cold to rest my arms at and really uncomfortable so i mean i could make it like that but yeah. i realize all of these other things that mix mix metal and leather yeah, I could drill I some could. holes and just uh, basically stretch some leather, like wet form some leather over it for your hand wrists or stuff like that. I guess I have a new YouTube idea. Okay, yeah. <laughs> no, that, that 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 one looks really cool. Honestly, mm-hmm. yeah. Or I could even just use some oh brass rivets or something around the edges, black and steel. Yeah, Ooh. yeah. You can yeah. rivet it on it. You can strap it. Ooh, yeah. I have thoughts now. <laughs> I, 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 we should wrap this up, but I sort of want to just point out that I think we more or less only defined the difference between being a specialized and a generalist. Mm. And I think for Red and me, we skipped on the whole conversation about why it's important to know a lot of other things in the job we have. And especially yeah. in Jan as well, you, you, you'd mentioned doing the, was it the marketing course, marketing classes? and realizing that there's a lot of things in that that you already do for youtube or that you already know because of doing youtube yes there's a lot of uh especially in the marketing field there's a lot of um how do you say it synergies mm. with the youtube we do because in the end it's marketing what we do we market ourselves yeah yeah uh i just wanted to put that out there and potentially tease people and say that we definitely have another conversation about this or related to this topic. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. But yeah, yeah. we would end up going for another three hours if we start that now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, w- we would put Maker's Waffle to shame. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, uh, I think they wanted us on at some point for a group podcast at some point. Uh, that would be cool, but we have to plan for the night then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like I would have yeah. to take the next day off because I would fall asleep <laughs> during the podcast. Absolutely. I think all of us would need to do something like that. Uh, yeah. But anyway, so what's been catching your focus this week? I'm going to first. Um, I've talked about Assassin's Creed Valhalla in the previous episode of the podcast because it's a really good game. I finished the main quest. I'm almost finished with the Ireland thingy. Then Ooh. I will be able to read Red Paris. But raid, um, not read. No, yeah, no one wants to say? read Paris. You raid. Oh no, raid. Yes. Yeah, destroy and 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 like the mobile and game Raid Shadow Legends. Come on, you've heard this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I did. Um, so my focus this week is on the uh, anniversary of Ubisoft, the company making um, all the Assassin's Creed games. Uh, the company is 35 uh, yeah. this month, so 35th anniversary. Um, why is it my focus? Because it's been with me for so many years now. I'm 45. I've played so many games. And they they gave me great times. Uh, I really enjoyed them. Uh, I've seen the evolution of the technology in the video games since I've started. Uh, and I started really young age uh, with uh, Master System or even, no, wait, the thing before with the Pong. Uh, oh, with two, oh, C64? Yeah, the crazy old one. Commodore. The, um, was Commodore even, Ubisoft, or did they no, make? No, 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 no. But no, no, I, I started my my um, C sixty four. 
Oh no, before that. Old, yeah. old computer oh, with joysticks old. and two buttons. Oh yeah, I'm old, man. <laughs> I'm really old. Uh, no, I, I started my, my life as a gamer with the video game that my father had. So it's basically the tennis game or it's like, it's Pong. Like mm -hmm. you have two strokes yeah. with a ball and it's it was all a console uh, on its own. Then we had the Thomson T07, then the Atari, then the Commodore, then the Master System from Sega, and so on and so on, uh, till the PS5 today. Anyway, uh, Ubisoft is 35. Happy birthday to them. Thank you for all the great games. And also, also quickly, mm -hmm. I had this week... Uh, the biggest mystery of my life has been lifted. Um, you you know the, the guy, Meatloaf, and this yeah. song, I would do anything for love? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I've, I've stumbled Just... upon a video uh, of him explaining what is the that in the video. In the in the song because I would do anything for love, yeah. but I won't do that. Yeah. And he actually said what the that was and i've been asking myself what the that was for well, years well come on then tell us no you will have to watch the video i'll put a thing in the dance bastard yeah, yeah exactly you french people they like oh. yeah eat vegetables with the meatloaf oh no wait sorry <laughs> completely off topic now if if you guys still don't know by next week i, I will tell you Okay. It's, it's funny that it's actually going to video games. Now I'm going to go second because I can connect right to that. I found an interesting channel. It was a recommendation of a good friend of mine, um, and it's called Game Maker's Toolkit. Mm -hmm. And the funny thing about it is it is about basically video games and video games development, but he's kind of deconstructing video games, like what makes them tick. Okay. So this cool. is like really nice. So how tutorials could be made better, like mistakes that have been made in the past by people making tutorials in video games. Yeah. Or um, for example, oh, there, there were some, there's some really good stuff in it. Let me just check because I had a couple of things written out. How he learned Unity without following tutorials, for example. Um, and how the Zelda puzzle works in the dungeons also yeah. with a little bit of backstory hmm. oh, from cool. like who designed the dungeons and uh he was actually what japanese guy from nintendo uh -huh. he got hired because he was making those um animatronics like those boxes those wind-up boxes with the gears yeah. where you would have those like the geishas and everything like moving like a uh -huh. puppet theater yeah and uh they, he was doing that full time and then nintendo hired him Oh, and that's cool. the chief designer Miyamoto was so excited that he took the guy basically and put him into charge for designing of the dungeons in Zelda Ocarina of Time and the Zelda nice. oh. parts that followed. And it's just like nice background stories, but also really stuff that you would usually in a computer game, like you wouldn't concentrate on it. You would just play the game and all the stuff that is really well made, there's a whole set of ideas behind it, why it works that way. How they implement it and so this is really interesting to watch okay cool so that's my pick rasmus good i i'll i guess be video game adjacent and recommending <laughs> that works oh yeah because they have Ilya, uh the slavic smith on instagram mm -hmm. especially <clears throat> is he is like the leonardo da vinci of blacksmithing yeah, his knowledge amazing of 
not only blacksmithing but history and culture and arts next to it yeah. is so incredibly vast and he he has some incredibly in-depth videos on specific things in blacksmithing specific things in history specific things within weapon making and weapon history and he is a ridiculously talented smith yeah uh and just watching him break things down and talk about things and showing how things actually were supposed to be done and then like we talked about he does all of the steps himself yeah or he is at least has the knowledge to do them from setting stone and inlaying gold and silver uh, setting jewels and diamonds and things in in uh, maybe not diamonds we did garnets and a couple of others not specifically diamonds other fancy things um he sets that he does all of the sanding Sparky and the polishing stones. oh yeah yeah no he he is wickedly talented okay can't can't wait to watch that i have not heard of him before and they do a lot of recreations of video game weapons yeah i'm sold yeah yeah and you, you you've seen the video man at arms the, the, the YouTube uh, only series. one or two videos. Yeah, so this is the same guys. Okay. Uh, um, the whole man at arms. Oh, then I think I, guys, you guys talked about them before. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Briefly, at least. So, long story yeah, short, they left Baltimore Knife and Sword uh, one or two years ago, and they are now working with Chris from uh, Mount Phillips. Mount Phillips Metalworks. Mount, yeah. Yeah. Um, and they are they are crazy talented oh yeah they, they really. are AI is just insane yes yeah yep like if you want like video games weapons watch them out watch them out check them out if you enjoy weapons history and a bit of crafts watch them if you just like to see sparks and fire watch them <laughs> basically watch them yeah you, you should just watch them nice i think that's it any yeah. any, any other stuff at the yeah. tail end oh yes yeah Oh. Uh, new season of Doctor Who. Oh yeah, that's I, it. I, I, did, did you? Did, did, no spoilers. No spoilers. No. But you haven't seen no. the second episode yet. No. Not oh. yet. No. Still have to watch the Halloween episode. Promise my wife we'll watch it together. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Same it's, thing. It's. Uh... Okay. It's, it's, it's time to say goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> I have. I have one more thing. Yeah when we guys we were just talking about watching new stuff youtube this podcast is on youtube oh yeah oh, yes we are it is we really uh released it now now words hard um so basically it's gonna go online after uh we're not giving it a time frame but it usually goes after a couple of days after the episode releases on the podcast Software. Yeah, probably like, on Wednesdays, but yeah. first on Patreon. Exactly. Always yeah, first to special people giving us love. Currently, I think yeah. that's Dr. Malty. But. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But some, something we should probably mention is that we decided not to hide anything behind a tay- uh, paywall. So it's basically a little like thank you for the people that support us. They just get that stuff a few days early, but it's yeah. not any stuff that anyone else wouldn't have access to. Absolutely. Everything that uh, you will see in the podcast is early access for the Patreon, but it's all free for everyone at some point. Yeah. 
and Red is doing a fantastic job with not also editing the podcast, but also editing the video stream. Oh, yeah. So this is why it always takes a couple of days later, because the podcast takes priority, but then he does his magic also on the video. And it's very much appreciated that we don't have to do it. Exactly. <laughs> For now. Yeah. I know just enough that it is a gargantuan task, especially every single week. Yeah, no, I enjoy doing it, so that's good. For now. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> you can find me at Rasmus Lewin and Lewinsmeer.no. And you can find the podcast at Two Thirds Focused on also social things from Instagram and Facebook to YouTube and Patreon, if you are so inclined. And you can find me on theredsmiths.com. The Redsmiths are Redsmiths everywhere on the social, Instagram, YouTube, and some other places. And on nerdinventor.com, nerdinventor on YouTube and Instagram. And also, as a last thing, the two-thirds focused is also on Instagram, where you get all the nice pictures from the sh stuff we talk about. <laughs> Sometimes so it's follow nice us there. Nice it's, save. It's, it, yeah, it's, also, it's also a great way to communicate with us, because uh, we, basically all of us have access and we can answer all the posts. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Thanks, guys. Thank you all for listening. Thank Have you. Bye-bye. Have a good bye. week. Bye.